you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? <sighs> this movie almost had me, you know? It almost had me on the concept. I'm like, oh, like, like I'm just going to get really into it. Fuck, fuck the intro. Fuck, I don't know if you had anything. I don't know if you had... We've been throwing out the intro in favor of jumping right into movie talk, so... Oh, my God. I want to punt the Betters kid, like, 30 <laughs> yards away from me. That Betters kid can fucking launch right out of the movie. And he should be tethered to the main kid while he got why I punt him. Because, like... You didn't like um, Alexander Elliott? The no. son of Andy Circus. Yeah. There's so many moments in this movie that I actually think are really good. Mm-hmm. I actually thought like the battle scene at the end, like Oh yeah, everything. the Home Alone War. Yeah. Was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though like I love the logic of like there are gonna be these hell demons coming up from the ground. Who should we get to uh help fight this? Gary from the second grade. <laughs> <laughs> like and all of his friends. Gary's calling creepy ass. Yeah, yeah. Anytime where the kids are talking to each other, like, <laughs> is just so cringeworthy of it, it, it astounds me. And I almost launched padded out of the movie. I almost hit the button and I'm like, I'm not watching this. I can't do it. See, I like the movie. It is very cringy at times. And I think it's because they're so earnest about mm-hmm. like everything. Doing a modern day in which children are being earnest about chivalry is difficult. It's a difficult needle to thread. So I went into this movie thinking that it was going to be very like Percy Jackson. And uh, I actually don't mind the Percy Jackson movies. Um, I think there's like enough levity um, between the kids. And like it, it Percy Jackson in at times can be very funny. Um, mm-hmm. But the kids in this movie are so serious about yeah. what they're doing and about the code and like everything. And I guess Merlin is supposed to be the like comic relief character Uh but he's bare he's barely that like like he's barely there is the problem yeah and he's like oh this is your mission oh wait but i'll help you wait no (laughs) i mean yeah it's it's the hobbit rules of if we have an all-powerful wizard here there's no story so he has to go fuck off for a while for reasons Mm -hmm. and don't at me nerds i know he's fighting the fucking necromancer that's actually sauron but that was retconned later, so don't fucking... I mean, yeah, just don't at me. How about that? Yeah. Sorry. I was apologizing to Madison, not to you Tolkien nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? I didn't understand. Yeah. Like, Wait, are we talking about Merlin or... We're talking about Gandalf. This is the yeah, Gandalf. So I, yeah, so I'm pretty sure in The Hobbit, he's like, oh yeah, we were fighting a necromancer in Dol Guldur. And then later, Tolkien was like, it was actually Sauron. Oh. So... But really, it was just a plot point, so Gandalf wouldn't be there to save their asses. Got it. I thought it was just, I, I never had read the books. I thought it was just that he really wanted to go, he really needed to go talk to that brown wizard with the bird shit in his hair. No, that was entirely added by uh, Peter Jackson for the films. Oh, that, I okay. guess the brown is referenced in the books, but he's not in The Hobbit. Okay. okay. I don't remember his jackrabbit dog sled being in The Hobbit movie. Book. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the kids in this movie and I don't mean to like really shit on them because they're kids and they're actors mm-hmm. and they're starting their careers and stuff. But it's it's a thing of where I actually think it's just the writing of the movie. Of them oh, yeah. 100 percent of them talking to each other. And like I can imagine the betters actor, uh, whatever his name is, is like right. leaning over to like the bully Lance character, like mm-hmm. in like a, one of those director's chairs and being like, have you read this shit? <laughs> like, like to him some of the lines in this movie are just horrible and half of the betters character at the very beginning of the movie is him just telling the <laughs> exposition of the story that we just watched hate to the... so much i do hate better so much because he he <laughs> there's multiple scenes of him just explaining what the stakes are of what they're doing to the main character like 
like we got to put at least one of them in, or both of, or or all of them in. They're like, too long. We can do one, but we can't do both. You know what I'm talking about, though. He's like yes. he he he's like walking behind the kid, and there's a moment of better stands up to the kid, the mm-hmm. the main kid, the King Arthur kid, and is like, no, I won't stop talking, <laughs> and the King Arthur kid is like. He's telling him to shut up, basically. Yeah. And which, um, which for me, I'm just like on the King Arthur's kid side. It's just because like you're just repeating what the movie is at the character of the show of the right. of the movie. I don't know. I was kind of on better side a little bit. I mean, you're right. You're like, you're not wrong that he's just repeating information. But a lot of the movie has been better as being like, hey, we need to do this now. We need to do this now because that's like because that's the plot. And yeah. Alexander being like, I just I need to think, and then we're not going to do the plot. I need to think. And Fair's like, No, you always tell me to be quiet, and I'm always right. And I, I just like that. Finally, he was like, No, like fuck you. Like Betters is that D and D party member that isn't really into RPing or like hanging out in the town. It's just like, Oh, like there's a dragon that is going to kill the world in three days. We need to get on that. We need to get on that. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar because almost every D&D party I'm in includes you our, and Avengers Jackson F1 and Daniel Na. And the first game that I DM'd for you all, you spent 50 minutes in a Starbucks and then committed tax fraud on I'm that sorry. Starbucks. I'm sorry. How, how dare you edit history? It was a Yarbucks. No, I know. I wasn't editing, I wasn't editing history. I wasn't going to bore our listeners with we our were, dumb We were clever content. and renamed it Yarbucks. For no, I was clever world. and renamed it Yarbucks. <laughs> Oh, man. Don't you edit history. So you didn't like this movie. <laughs> I liked parts of this movie. Like <laughs> I said, I think the the children fight scene of like, the, oh, yeah, against like the thing. Like, I thought that was actually really good. Yeah. The first time I saw this, I told friend of the show and Avenger Jackson F1. I was like, that's what this movie needed to be more of setting it a modern day King Arthur tale and then having them fuck off to medieval King Arthur areas like Tintagel. Mm-hmm. And like walking through the moors and fighting all stuff was that's why why did it need to be modern day at that point? Like you need to set this in the modern day world, like the car chase where they're being chased by the horsemen. That was really fucking cool. Yeah. And then when they, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie when they kill the last one, and then Kay is just sitting in this old woman's oh. lap in the car. The <laughs> only, the only general genuine laugh for me in the whole movie was that yeah. moment of exactly. when. When she like the look on that old woman's face <laughs> and the yeah. and, and Kay's face, like when that happens, she, is Kay's like, actress is actually a really good like yeah. in this movie because she's kind of the she's just following Lance, and so there's a lot of times where she just has to like non-verbally act like I'm conflicted because I know this sucks, yeah, but I'm with Lance, and like she does a really good job, but yeah, that was like that's I wanted more of that. And less of four children bickering while they trudge through the countryside of Cornwall. That's uh, and so that's one thing I but I agree with you because that fight at the end was fucking awesome. But that was only like for twenty minutes. Also, the fact that Merlin invented red potion. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Out God. of yeah, one of those is, is supposed to be like a one to one to beaver urine. So okay, is this movie based on a book? It's got to no. be right. It's not. I don't think so. I haven't looked, but. I don't believe it is. I think it's just kind of the same genre of like kid in King Arthur's court, kid in Aladdin's court, whatever. Um, that it. kind of thing. Of I'm just looking it up real fast. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 an original movie. That's really interesting. It just it just reads to me like oh um, yeah, I can uh, totally see that. Like this was re- that's why like it. I thought I was getting into like a Percy Jackson sort of situation of like it being because those that, that's what I I was getting into with this movie, but. By and large, you didn't like this movie. I, I like this movie. The more I watch it, the more I, I kind of cool on it just because it is so cringy. But it won't surprise you to learn that there are others who had opinions about this film. That's right, gang. It's time to draw some tomatoes from the stone with Daddy's Tomatoes. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. They can't all be gems. <laughs> Your last attempt at content was just drinking. True. Our first review comes from Stefan B., who gave this one star. 
I was treated to this movie in the big house. They should send the people who made this to my prison because this was a war crime. Using children as tools in a war to serve a talking sword is one of the most bizarre and sickening movie concepts I have witnessed. CGI sucked balls. The most sickening aspect of this movie is the disregard for authority. Refusing to do homework to fight an ideological war for a divine figure mirrors our times where children are mindless and will do anything for the smartphone. A strong comparison to this and ISIS can be made. Oh my god. <laughs> End of review. I mean, some of those things didn't happen in the movie for one, so I I, I, I question this narrator, unless there's a prison cut of the movie that is out there. Um, <laughs> the prison cut. The prison cut. Man, fuck Zack Snyder's cut. I want the prison cut of the boy or the kid who would be king. Yeah. <laughs> it's where prisoners reenact this, so I just want to see Death Row inmates having very earnest talks about chivalry. Oh, I would love to see this as a musical. This movie as a musical, of, but starring like adults as these kids. God. I mean, who knows? Maybe it is an ISIS plug. Who knows? Well, um, our next review comes from somebody who didn't put their name on the review, but they gave it three stars. And they're asking the important questions. How can an army of armed children take on an army of fire zombie horsemen who also have fire swords and not a single one of them dies? How does that kid who can duplicate metal not know that he has the power to end artificial scarcity? How the hell can King Arthur claim to like equality when he only measures it by other royals sitting at the table with him? What does Patrick Stewart act like he only showed up for the paycheck? Why is it on Alex to change himself when it should probably be stressed that his dad probably shouldn't be such a sack of shit? Why isn't the lot of the school children army on trial for burning down their school since they popped back into reality the oh, it was magic excuse, probably wouldn't fly. This last bit's in all caps. The Middle Ages were not a good time, and this movie should be erased from the face of the earth. <laughs> End of review. Did you write this? I did not. This movie, I feel like this person just used this comment section to talk about how much they knew about the Middle Ages, or like their... Uh... I feel like Cinema Sins wrote this. Yeah. Unlike the effect that none of them dies, I, I viewed all of the... Um, since I have such a D&D mind with anything fantasy, I viewed all of the fire skeleton guys as like level one, like kobolds that like, it's like one mm -hmm. hit, one hit they're dead. Right. You know, like you, you, Absolutely. you use these to go level up, you know, like it's your first, yeah. it's your first mission. So like, as Magneto famously said in X-Men last stand and chess, the pawns go first. Yeah. That was Roger Moore, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Moore's in X-Men Last Stand? Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> they replaced Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto in the last movie. And they replaced him with Roger Moore. But yeah, I view them as like level one characters that have like 10 hit points. That's the only way to explain it in my mind how these kids were able to like not die fighting these things. Like they're because at one point, uh, I think it's during the car scene. They're just like, oh, they're just bone. They're just fucking bone. Like, let's just like <laughs> kill them. Like. Which makes the witch, like, probably, like, a level, like, three, like, monster. She's, like, a first boss, right? You know? You know she's, like, a dragon, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's the listener. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah act, I mean, acting like you're asleep. You're riveted with this D&D. This D&D. Yeah, level. this is a very dry, very nitty-gritty D&D leveling talk. Yeah. This isn't the film re-roll, Madison. We don't do that here. Re-roll? Oh, have you not heard of the film re-roll? No. It's a podcast where they basically take the plot of a movie and play it as an RPG. Oh my god. Um, that's amazing. They have like a four-part series that's The Wizard of Oz. And they have like a home rule there where if um, you get to a plot point of the movie and they're still, like, still on the rails that the movie of the movie plot, they roll randomly. And like on a certain roll, that plot point just doesn't happen. So for this example I always use is they rolled and it was very possible the house was just not going to land on that witch. Okay. I mean, I won't tell you what happened. Yeah. But like, I'm so mad at this concept because I'm like, why didn't we think of it? <laughs> I know. A... Anyway, I'm going to cut most of us talking about the film reroll. We can list it in like the episode description because it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, the Jumanji episode is fucking buck wild. So I have one more tomato here okay. and it's a bit of, I think it's a bit of bookkeeping I need to address. I think we've had this reviewer before. They don't have a name. In Dora and the Race to Chernobyl, um, we had a reviewer who mentioned their friend Josh, who brought a mini DVD player to the movie and was yelling and singing along. 
I'm pretty sure this is the same reviewer, and I'm starting to think that these are fictional stories because there were he this person sent in two reviews, each more um, <laughs> more ridiculous than the next. So I'm going to go ahead and read these with the caveat. I'm pretty sure these are fake now, uh, but it's just a, they're very funny. So I want to highlight these. I'm calling this character Josh Watson, as in they're Josh's Watson writing down his adventures like Watson from Sherlock Holmes. So Josh Watson uh, gave this movie one star. I saw this movie with my best friend, Josh. He started bringing foam swords and wearing an armor costume. He then started to throw KFC at the screen and it became greasy and oily. And the worst thing is that security made me clean it while it was Josh who did the mess. Didn't speak to him for nearly a year. Yeah. End of review. Yeah, someone's having fun. The second one was about how he brought a foam sword and armor and would scream and cheer every time Alexander Elliott was on screen. And he would yell, Alexander the King! And then at the end of the movie, when nobody cheered, he got up and started hitting everybody in the theater with the sword yelling for Alexander Elliott. At some point, like, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like, I would stop going to the movies with this friend, whoever this is. So anyway, we're going to feature Josh Watson if and when we do find him because there was no link to his profile. So I don't have a way of just like, hey, did he review this movie? So Josh Watson may make an appearance here and there with the caveat. We know this is fake. It's just also very funny. Yeah. Well, that's the last of the tomatoes. I don't have any bits for this one. All right. Our time starts now. So do you have any ideas for this? Um, I have like... Uh... Obviously, I'm very fascinated and very stuck on with betters, the, character, right, I the know. character of betters. Yeah, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So at the end of the movie, um, Merlin lets uh, betters keep the um, the duplication yeah. of metal, I think. I think it's specifically mm-hmm. metal cantrip or like spell or whatever. I, I thought it would be very interesting if we made betters the villain of the next one hmm. the the title betters lament <laughs> is like super stuck in my mind so i was wondering what you thought about maybe betters being the uh the villain of this movie okay i don't hate it i mean i don't have an idea for a villain i wrote down a couple ideas i think the next logical step for this franchise would be to introduce the guinevere character mm, okay arthur's wife and queen etc there is also one thing i was talking to jackson i let them know that we were doing this and i made the joke how we were going to be doing it without their assistance we're going to do an arthurian tale on our own and i was just rattling off a couple ideas i had and i remembered there's the questing beast in arthurian legend which is um king pelinor who's just another character basically his family's life is hunting the questing beast and usually not finding it and one interpretation has it as the head of a snake, the body of a leopard, the haunches of a lion, and the feet of a heart, like, which is a stag. It's like a chimera. Basically. Another one has it as pure white, smaller than a fox, and beautiful to look at. The questing beast is also called the beast like gladissant, I believe, uh, which comes from the French word for like barking or yelping. I think it's the noise, supposedly, that the beast makes. And the, the other version with the small white one, it's uh, the sound comes from its belly. It's the sound of the offspring who tear the creature apart and from the inside to get oh out. Oh, my God. So that would be an idea for a kind of villain that's being hunted for because they have to stop it before the creatures get out of it. And then it could be like a horde kind of thing that they'd have to fight if they fail. Um, the other one's just a big fucking monster that they would need to fight. Okay. Um, those are really my only ideas. Um so we introduce Gwen and we have the, the questing beast. So it doesn't really preclude Betters from being the villain. Maybe Betters finds the questing beast and is keeping it. It's the 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 fox one, mm-hmm. the cute fox one, and he just thinks it's a stray like dog. So he's like secretly feeding it under his bed and stuff, and he doesn't know that's the questing beast. Um, and that adds to Betters' lament. He keeps it safe from them, basically. Yeah. And then it bursts open, and I like that. I like I like that a lot. So I think we can do both. Like in our in our classic history, mm-hmm. let's do both. Yeah, I mean, I think there, that's a way we can do both, and it works. Yeah, is Betters is not an evil like mustache twirling villain because I just can't see that heel turn mm-hmm. for Betters. It's much more his heart is what f- fucks them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they get fucked by Betters' heart. Let's let's say like okay, so the Guinevere character gets introduced, mm-hmm. um, and maybe. I think there needs to be some sort of like a little bit of a rift between 
Alex and Betters. Um, mm. So maybe there's like maybe Betters was like was super interested in Gwen Gwen initially, uh, but Gwen is clearly interested in Alex, and Alex is interested in Gwen, and maybe Alex like up on his high horse of just like we we have to follow like the legends, right? Like you know, and it's like oh well, she's sure. clearly Guinevere, whatever, and uh, right, you know, like. Uh, Do we want to want them to be that on the nose about, oh, it's the legend? Or because, I mean, he didn't make any note to the fact that his friends were all Bettervere, Kay, and Lancelot. Yeah. Which are like, that was just not, I mean, he called him Bettersvere as a joke. And I think that was more of the writers not wanting us to miss this great joke they did than anything else. Other than that, it wasn't like, we have to follow the legend. Yeah. My thought was um, Gwen is a transfer student, and so they just meet her. And it's actually her family that's hunting the questing beast. Okay. So she's already in the loop about a lot of this Arthurian shit and like that it's actually real and going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe the better thing is that Alex is like really fucking popular now. Yeah. Not like because I'm the king, but like he just led them in an enormous like siege of their school and killed a flying dragon witch. He's pretty hot shit there. And I think betters maybe is just like, man, it just to be you and me against you and me against the world. And now like. I never see you anymore. And that leads to why he's like, now I have a pet. I have a friend yeah, now yeah, yeah. that's relying on me. I think that's a better, better <laughs> momentum for like how it goes. Cause it's like, it, cause he's also like, maybe him and Gwen start dating and stuff. And like mm-hmm. Alex and Gwen are hanging out. Betters isn't just going to be the third wheel, you know, like, so that's why he gets the pet to like, to kind of cope with like the being alone and being bet right. being the betters that he is. I don't think like the beast that Betters has is obviously the beast, right? right. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it looks like a fox is what I'm gathering. It's about the size of a fox. So it could be dog esque. Like, I think it should be more dog esque. Like, yeah. uh, and I'm fine with that. Just yeah. to be like not as obvious, you know. Oh, like yeah. the head of a snake thing was more if we wanted to go with they fight a big fucking monster. Yeah. The this the pure white smaller one. I think is much better for this angle that we're going for. Mm-hmm. And it looks just more like kind of a weird, ugly dog. Yeah. Like, and maybe it can, or it's beautiful to look at, but still, and maybe it can mm-hmm. transform into the, the big ugly thing. Like maybe it has, I maybe see. it has both. I mean, maybe the big ugly thing is what's bursts, what bursts out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause imagine like a, a small, like per- teacup dog that all of a sudden bursts open and this enormous like giraffe size, whatever, like like monstrous thing comes out. Yeah. And I think that that would be a good, because I really, I like the idea of betters is protecting it because it's defenseless and then it bursts open. And it's like, oh fuck. Yeah. But it's also like the only thing that betters loves. Like, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I think that's where like the end of the movie it is like mm-hmm. betters is like, no, you can't kill it. It's my only friend. <laughs> it's my only, it's my only. And then, there's like an actual yeah. magic versus like versus. I mean, all he can do is duplicate metal, though. Yeah, but I I think we wa- I think we should add that he's learned new things. Like I think he's oh because oh yeah because Alex doesn't have time for him. He's just been by himself learning magic. Yeah, and maybe maybe there's like some training sessions of like with him and the the dog, um, and mm-hmm. the dog is sort of like egging him on and like helping him maybe not like like he's talking to him but like Mm -hmm. we see he's doing something wrong as far as like the somatic components or like something and then like the Mm -hmm. dog like points it out or something and oh yeah like nudges his hand like in the right way or something like yeah 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 like i was thinking something like that and then so it's kind of like the dog is training him to be his protector or something like that that's good you know that's good. Uh, one of the things listed for the questing beast was that they caught it at one point or was hurt or something. And Pelinor realized that it was actually just kind of pining for lack of attention. Okay. So actually this really fucking works there we go. really well for that. So let's quickly, we have about five minutes. Let's touch on the Gwen character okay. and set her up. And then I think after that, we can kind of work on some of the cool action bits and like just put some meat on the bones. But I think we pretty much got the shape of the yeah, movie. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Which is very rare for us. Um, so, all right, let's talk about Gwen. I think she's about the same, probably same age. Yeah. I like the idea that she's, like, from out of town or a transfer student because um, that gives her a little bit of a mystery. But then also the fact that she just fucking, like, she knows Merlin, maybe. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, Merlin. Or Merton as his clever ruse. Yeah. I also, one thing I want to do, because they did this in the show Merlin, and I don't, it's just one of the first, like, big Arthurian things I watch. I want to make Gwen a person of color. Okay. Yeah. I'm down with that. 
I was actually looking up. I was thinking um, like some Indian actor actresses oh. or something like that. Yeah, British Indian actresses. Yeah, British. I don't. She's too old. The only one I know is too old at this point. I'm gonna actually pause our time while we're looking for the actor. Yeah, but it could be like teen at this point. Yeah. So like we're looking at just south of twenty. Yeah. Actually, I have I have an idea. I'll throw this out there too. Okay. I don't know if we want to add too many more new characters. I had an idea that Gwen has like a twin and we could work in one of the other knights. Okay. Um, if we do that, I would my, my suggestion would be we do Gawain, the Green Knight, and then we have Dev Patel play their dad because he's in a, he has like a movie of the Green, Gwen the Green Knight that just, all on New Mutants, just keeps getting pushed back and not released. Okay. So I think that would be a fun joke, but we can also cut that if we don't want to add a, a brother character like if we're already i think, that, I think that's enough. fine i think we should really build up the round table because like there are obviously some mm-hmm. people missing right okay i've got one here that might work okay uh his name's neil sethi i believe he might have been Mowgli in the jungle book the live action oh, one okay yes so he was Mowgli in the jungle book he's roughly 17 okay i can kind of hold on i mean i guess that'd be for the brother we'd still have to cast gwen yeah i think that's good but. We'll make somebody a star at this point. I'm just going to look for somebody about the right age. We could do um, Madeline Madden, who played the Sammy character in Dora the Explorer. Do you think she's a little old? or She's 23. Uh, no, I mean, she played roughly that old in Dora. Mm-hmm. And that was fairly recently. Yeah. I think we can get away with it. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's good. She's Australian. Uh, she's an ind- fu- indigenous I mean, Australian. That's. I mean, I'm not. That's fine. They can be Australian, like Australian. Yeah. Okay, so Madeline Madden is playing Gwen, and then Neil Sethi, who is Mowgli, will be our um, Gawain, okay. her little brother, because he, he's roughly her age, but clearly younger, so it'd be like a little brother. Yeah. Maybe it's like a blended family or something like that. Sure. I want to check out. I'm going to do a quick, before I start our time again, I'm going to do a like 10-second Google of Gawain. Gwen, also known as... Gwen's the one who was fascinated with their appearance, right? Like, in, like, the Authoria. Isn't he the one who gets, like, lost in the mirror or something? He's often portrayed as formidable, courteous, and also a compassionate warrior. Fiercely loyal to his king and family. Defender of women as well. Well, I don't know. Uh, this is taking longer than I thought it was going to. I just want something like a, like just like a, a kernel. We don't have to follow the legend. I'm just trying to get a handle on sure, sure. who Gawain is. Yeah, sure. We could say um, just off of that. Uh, <clears throat> he's just really good at fighting. He, I he's mean, good at fighting. I think he's like a protector like type yeah, of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe uh, I don't want to make him like too overprotective of his sister, but I think that's, oh, sure. maybe it's sort of like dependent. Like on his sister, oh, yeah. you know, like you know, like I think they're, oh yeah, I think they're twins, right? So yeah, well, well no, no. Like, they I mean, can't be twins. There's clearly an age difference. Yeah, there's clearly okay. So like maybe uh, they're they're, I think he's just like dependent on his sister, and maybe we can set him up to be like Better's new buddy, like at the end of the movie or something like that. <laughs> of like sure. you know, as like oh you know like. Mm-hmm. we'll always have each other or like we'll like right. sort of thing or um maybe maybe gwen and alex are having the a similar problem with like alex having to move on from like betters a little bit or like maybe maybe alex alex teaching betters like not to be so dependent on him and then maybe gwen teaching uh gwen <laughs> is it gwen and gwen is it? I mean, the idea is we could call him Wayne. Wayne, yeah. Uh, that would be like the. I mean, the movie would have his first name be something like very hard to pronounce that starts with a G, so it'd be G Wayne. But he just he would be called Wayne. Garen. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I think Wayne is fine. Yeah. Gwen and Wayne. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so we have about three minutes. Is Gwen uh, in Better's story a lot or? Because I, I think the idea of Betters, if he is, how is Betters hiding the pet? Or maybe he has, and it finally at the end he's like, you know what, you and I become really good friends. I'm going to tell you a secret I haven't even told Alex. And he shows him the thing, and Wayne's like, fuck, dude, that's the questing beast we've been looking for. That could be good, yeah. And then he tells Alex, and it's like, no, you betrayed me, Wayne. Yeah, I don't want it to be too obvious that the dog is 
I guess it wouldn't be, right? I guess it wouldn't be that obvious that the dog is the actual questing beast. Um, right. I think we I think we really need to play it up that this is Better's coping mechanism, right? You know? Yes. I think the siblings would recognize it on sight because this is the thing that their family hunts. Mm-hmm. And they kind of know it's in the area. Like, their dad is here to hunt it. Yeah. Because he's an adult man. And that makes sense. Like, the children are also trying to help, like, kids do and things like this. But... Betters has it and he's not telling anybody about it because this is his secret. Like if he he does, he's not going to share because he's already sharing Alex with everyone and Alex doesn't have time for him anymore Mm -hmm. because of that. And it's not like a shitty thing. It's just everybody's trying to once a piece of Alex (laughs) Elliot now and betters is just kind of fallen by the wayside. So I don't think he shows anybody until like the third act. And that's when he shows Wayne, like I trust you now I'm going to show you the secret and that's then we kick off the final part. Yeah. And I think Alex kind of also learns to like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to use this term. Like, you're a king and you're going to you have to like go out with your people. But like, you got to make time for your friends. Yeah. And like, you're, you're loyal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean Gwen's like, hey, you're a king now. But the idea is like, you need to also like make time so that the people important to you know they're important to you and that kind of thing. So it's... um. Because obviously this franchise ends with him being prime minister or whatever. Sure. <laughs> so, like, he has to learn these lessons young. Yeah. What are Lance and Kay doing in this movie? Yeah, that's that was my next. Their last minute and a half. It doesn't have to be big. Just, like, are they just kind of there? I like the idea. And we might have to do more research. But, like, what is Lancelot's story? And, like, what is um, what is Kay's? K- Kay? Well. Yeah. Lancelot's story is he's the most noble knight, and then he and Gwen. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind of looking, especially with children, to sidestep sure. that part of it. But that doesn't mean I don't know. Like I just I don't know if we need a big thing for Kay and Lancelot to be doing. I want them to be in the movie. I don't want them to just be side characters. Yeah, yeah. But like their story was kind of in the first movie, so we could have something that they can do to be useful and interesting. I got the but. sense that they're just friends, right? Like for sure, oh, yeah. like not not romantic, mm-hmm. just friends, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. maybe um, as they're growing up and everything, maybe Lancelot's just very flirty with people. Just like any, anywhere they go, he's like flirting with like some. Now he can't give wanton offense. Remember, as part of the chivalric code, that they all swore to. Wanton offense. What was that? Yeah, they're a part of the chivalric code is not giving wanton offense. So he can't be rude, he can't swear. So he can be flirty, but he's got to be respectful. Yeah. So maybe it's that, and he's the debonair, like, knight, you know, like... Um, uh, um, uh, but yeah. I also think maybe he is also uh, Alex's most loyal protector, too. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, I think he's maybe, like, the first one who goes into the battle. Maybe he's, like, maybe since the first movie, he's actually became the more capable, like... Uh, like um fighter Fighter. you know and that's kind of like he's kind of the one leading the charge in like a lot of the scenes um i like this idea now because maybe k has gotten a lot more of like i'll say like spy master but that's not like the right term that i want but that idea of like she's the one who knows everything like Mm -hmm. hey what's their deal oh here we go like this is all the the rumors i've heard and she like she's the one who like kind of knows the things that what people are saying what the rumors are that kind of stuff yeah um, so she gives the information and that's why like, cause I like this idea. Gawain was listed as a protector of women. So I like the idea that, um, maybe Lancelot sees a couple of boys, like not picking on a girl, but not necessarily taking no for an answer. Mm-hmm. And so he jumps in to fight them, but like there's too many. And then just Gawain and like a whirlwind of fists comes out of nowhere and joins the fray. And that's maybe how we meet Gawain and Wayne. Yeah. I like that. I'm just looking like a little. We, we we picked a pretty big pool to jump into without assistance. Yeah. So I'm just looking up things about Kay's character um, or mm-hmm. Kay's knight. I'm also fine, kind of fudging. Sure. Medicine. Let's let's fudge it. Let's fudge it. Let's fudge it. So she'd be the Sir Kay Sir Gareth, right? Probably. We're gonna sound so smart because I'm gonna be cutting a lot of the time we spent looking this. Shit I'm sorry. Up. No, 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 no! I'm not mad. He was the youngest brother of Sir Gawain. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everybody's pretty much related to everybody mm-hmm. in the Arthurian stuff. I think we can cut that. I don't think that. I mean, they could be cousins. <laughs> I guess of K, like cousins by marriage. So, 
his thing was like he was like the best example of chivalry, basically. That that's that was his kind K? of yeah. K is okay. yeah. I mean, we've already got a huge amount of chivalry though. Yeah, with Wayne and Lancelot, I kind of like the idea of K just knows everything. So we already have this kind of thing with Lance where he is sort of like being flirty and like being like more. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's the one who is knows the code the best, right? And okay. is the one that's always sort of like coaching people to like keep to the code, you know? Oh God, sorry, I just knew so many religious people in high school that this is sounding. Oh God, like. God, uh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not the best energy, but I I do like kind of the idea of people being like, "Hey, is this like I want to do this? Is that cool? Are we good? Is that like?" She's not, like, preaching the code. She's the one who knows it the best. Everybody's like, hey, Kay, um, my dad told me that I'm not allowed to watch TV or to read in bed. But, like, if it's for school, is that fine? Is that okay? They're, like, trying, not trying to find workarounds, but everybody's just, like, checking with her to see, like, if their weird shit is whatever. I do still want to keep the fact that she is, like, also the rumor mill. Like, she has her finger. Maybe because of that, she's got her finger pretty much in all the pies. Yeah, yeah. Of just she knows what everything's going on. Yeah, like she's sort of like a scholar spy, like Scott. Like, yeah. like I like I like that idea. Like, because I just want to give everybody something useful in the gang. Like, not we can double up on fighting and yeah. whatever, but like everyone needs to have one aspect of their personality or character that is useful in a very specific way. That's just theirs. Yeah, and I think that's hers. Uh-huh. I think she's studious. She's she's studious and like she knows a lot of. She's like the knowledge mm-hmm. mill. Like she like she knows everything. Yeah. She she can research. She picks up on things like she's strategic, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like that. Okay, so what are some angles for like them looking for the beast? Like are they going around school? They're looking around town, stuff like that. Let's let's go ahead and diverge from plot because I think we have it. I mean yeah. they get together. Gwen and Wayne are now part of the, the team. They're all looking for the questing beast. Betters secretly has it under his bed, not knowing that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And then they find it at the end. So what's like some of the, as we talk like urban Arthurian, Arthurian urban that we can do now to make this cool. Yeah. So I think they have to go on a quest, right? I think they start out on mm-hmm. a quest. Um, there's gotta be some stakes. I think Merlin has to come back and like, tell them mm-hmm. like, Oh, the quest beast um, is growing in power or something like that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. So maybe it is maybe there's a bunch of like attacks or like a bunch of like things that like mm. have destroyed parts of London or not London um, or maybe London. I think it's London. Well, uh, whatever. I think it's London. Is, it, we'll is that it where is. they live? I think so. We'll say it is. It doesn't matter. Maybe like a bunch of things have like destroyed parts of London and Merlin is the one who like points out like maybe they think eventually maybe it's like they think it's like a terrorist attack or something or like some sort of like like group like who's doing it. But then Merlin comes in and says, no, it's actually this quest beast like who's doing these things, you know, I like this idea. Uh, That's good. I think that works because um, Wayne and Gwen haven't told Alexander and co like who they are and what they're doing. Like they're friends and they're hanging out, whatever. And likewise, Alexander and all of them have really not mentioned anything about what they're up to. Like people probably talk about the school thing, but like, I don't know. Like, I just, I like the idea that like, they don't know. And then Merlin just shows up. I was like, Oh cool. You've met. Excellent. Let's get to it. And they're like, wait, what, what are you fucking talking yeah, about? Like for sure. he blows up their spot. And I think this is like Arthur and Gwen are already like making eyes at each other. And, like, it's very cute because they're kids, so it's not fuck nasty. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then it's like, oh, fuck, Gwen. Yeah, they, they realize it at the end or whatever. Like, Or, like, right when he shows up, he's like, Gwen, oh, shit, Guinevere. Or maybe Better says it. Because, of course, Better's is immediately going to yell, holy shit, that's the woman you're going to marry. Yeah. And they look like, and you're going to. and then, Yeah, I think he's got to say exactly that. Holy shit, yeah. you're going <laughs> holy shit yeah they, oh shit you're gonna get married and then let's and you're gonna and like they cut him off there they get their one curse in and betters gets it and i think at first maybe all these like attacks are happening around london and 
Arthur maybe thinks like it is some sort of quest thing, and then like maybe Betters and Lance and like the three, like not everything is like some like not everything's a quest, right? You know, like not everything's mm-hmm. a quest. But then when Merlin comes in, because I would, I just, I'm just trying to create a reason for like, oh no, you're why right. Don't, no, that's good. why don't they go? Why don't they go out after the first attack or whatever, right? You know, I like that note of it plays with the trope of every TV show or movie where it's like yeah we're like heroes now or like whatever like we did this cool thing we're gonna go out and fight all crime right yeah it's like no like they're like betters like we gotta go take a look at this it could be a quest they're like betters we're 11 it's a ter- we're not gonna go fight terrorists right now yeah. or whatever like we're 15 and then merlin shows up it's like oh fuck okay it is a quest and i had an idea the for the questing beast because i think this is really cool it instead of the beast erupts out of it it's that kind of thing where it this is a defense mechanism mm-hmm. it looks cute but then it almost like turns inside out and it's the giant, enormous, ugly beast. Got it. So it's not a beast that erupts out of it. It's the same beast. This, the cute version is just the like, no, please take me in and feed me. And then when nobody's looking, comes out. And I like that. And that explains then why these attacks are still happening. Mm-hmm. Even when Betters has the beast, it's like it gets out at night or something and then turns into the huge thing and fucking. Yeah. I have a weird thing that just popped in my head. What if, um, yeah. cause it is in modern day and I don't I don't think we always need to like work our way around modern technology and it's like why hasn't oh, no, anything seen it? Um, mm-hmm. but what if like when this thing erupts, like it emits like a it like the whole thing is just a huge defense mechanism and it um creates a like a ear piercing sound and like mm-hmm. maybe it even like blows out like it's sort of like an EMP bomb or something, like it blows out I mean, like cameras and like everything like nothing is able to actually capture this thing on video so no one actually knows what it is and like what it looks it can like. also just not be visible on camera like True. it's a magical beast whose entire purpose is i'm being hunted perpetually so like everything about it is a defense mechanism yeah so it doesn't have to be visible on camera. Like we can just also, I mean, the ear piercing sound goes also with the legend of it makes the sound, mm-hmm. which is why it's called the Gladysant. But like, it also can just be invisible to cameras. Okay. Or the, it makes, it just makes that sound and it like, somehow that sound makes it invisible to cameras. So it doesn't have to necessarily sure. blow out the cameras, whatever. But like, I like the idea of just everything about this beast is a defense mechanism. Yeah. I like that. So, I think after a few of these attacks happen and then like Merlin shows up and it's like, do, do we think we get Patrick Stewart for the second one? Or do you think he's like, nah, I'm out. Like, or... I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll make at least one brief appearance. Okay. I mean, we're keeping bo- the boy Merlin cause yeah. he fucking rules. Yeah. I will say probably the best actor oh, in, yeah. the mov- in the movie. Right? Oh yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. Really committing, like really like walking circles around the rest of the kids. I mean, he's also, I think noticeably older. Yeah. Than most of those kids, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, look, Alexander Elliott's actor is the son of Andy Serkis. He's way better in mocap. Yeah. You got to get him in mocap. And then, oh, Academy Awards, here we come. Yeah. (laughs) Which, by the way, if we had worked in Alexander's dad as a point in this movie, it was 100% Andy Serkis is playing the dad. Yeah, sure. I'm not saying we do. I'm just saying that was my a note I made of, like, if we work in the dad at all. I'd love to see Andy Serkis as someone that's not charming. (laughs) You know, like. I'm not sure it's possible. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's. Here's what I want to talk about. Okay, a couple action scenes, and then how do we play with the sword and water? Because I I think we need to like now that they've been kind of doing this for a while. He doesn't have the sword because he gave it back. I think that like either him or Betters or K or somebody has been like I have like a notebook full of ideas of how we could like get this into like like if we're in a building like this and we need the sword we can like find a water fountain or whatever. It's like, I have ideas of how we get the sword into pretty much anywhere we need to. Yeah. Uh, I think that's good. I, Ooh. I like the idea of, um, I think they, I think the first time they're just like, Oh, it's going to show up here. Somehow they mm-hmm. find out they know where it's going to show up or maybe they're tracking it. Um, mm-hmm. and they get absolutely tromped and that's how we kind of like reveal like the sound thing. Like it's like, mm-hmm. it's like ear piercing and it's like impossible to like function like with when you're in presence of the sound. So maybe there's, oh, we got to chase it and trap it in water. So they try to get it into a swimming pool. Well, that's basically it. Like they try to get it into a swimming pool so they can dive in and capture it and then it'll be trapped in this water and or maybe it doesn't like being wet maybe they know that or something Mm -hmm. um but i like this idea of 
the beast grabs like Alex but with its tail and throws him like over the pool so Alex throws the sword into the pool and as he passes it comes up like and he catches it again yeah and like slashes or something like this whole idea of using like because that's the kind of stuff I want a like, cool shit where they're like using the water as a medium to transport the sword or whatever like I had an idea maybe Gwen one way that they kind of realize like oh no like you're that Gwen is she can also pull the water, the sword out of water. Okay. So there's like a fight scene where they're at different ends of like a bathroom and he like dunks it in a sink and she pulls it out of the sink next to her. Like the axe fight in uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire yeah, Hunter yeah, yeah. is kind of what I'm thinking. Or the the shield fight in um, our Captain America Civil War where they're trading. I want a fight where they're trading Excalibur back and forth like that. I think that would be really cool. I think it'd be cool. Like what if it could be in the pool scene? Like, if they're fighting, like, I like the idea of this cool underwater fight scene. It's kind of like bullet time of, like, them, like, breathing underwater or something. Mm -hmm. But I like this idea of this, like, slow motion sort of, like, fight underwater. And then um, to protect them from the sound, him and Gwen are, like, summoning the the sword underwater. Um, And maybe we actually see the the Lady of the Lake. I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, within the water. I don't know. She's just like sitting there with popcorn. Um, She's got a frying pan. Get out of my house! Like hitting them. Yeah. Uh, what if, like, when they're doing this fight scene underwater, uh, the thing, I think Alex slashes it and it injures mm-hmm. it. Um, and it gets furious and then decides to burrow and, like, bursts mm. its way through the bottom of the, uh, through the, through the bottom of the pool. And mm-hmm. it drains all the water out, and then they're just like, uh, and it escapes basically. Sure. Um, and then that leads to our next thing. Um, and then when we see the the dog, the hidden dog or whatever, um, the uh, the creature with betters, it mm-hmm. like is having trouble walking, or like it has some sort of like mm. injury on it, or maybe they think it's sick or scared or something like that. Right. I see what you're saying. And that's like a little hint and a clue, but maybe it's not exactly like... I think think at some point, Betters finds a mysterious dog, and also they're fighting the questing beast. I mean, I guess it could work since it is a defense mechanism, but I don't know if we need to try to play too coy. I think most people are going to pick up. Yeah, yeah. I mean... The, Unlike the first movie, we can trust our audience. I don't know. I mean, the other option is Betters yells explanation for a while again. So... I think a theme. You might need to pick your battle. I think a theme of the first movie, if it's truly a sequel, we do need to spoon feed the audience or just like Fair get it, huh? Eh? So let's have this. Let's have Alex like cut it in the leg or something, right? And then Betters finds the animal, but its leg is caught in something, and it's like, oh, you cut your leg on this thing. Like, we need a reason why Betters isn't putting two and two together beyond well that's weird we just fought a thing and cut its leg in the exact same spot you cut your leg or whatever i think that we just need a reason why internally no one has figured it out yeah because betters isn't stupid he's just annoying yeah well and i think it's just i think we just play up the relationship uh between the dog and him more yeah in a way that it's like oh this is betters like learning to take care of this thing and like learning responsibility and like sort of them depending on each other. And I think he, I think Mm -hmm. the dog itself, because it's the whole thing, the quest piece is like, it's a defense mechanism. It is always meek and kind of pathetic and cute. Right. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this thing isn't, but, but I think betters himself is teaching the dog to be brave. You know, like, I think that's kind of like their back and forth of like, Ooh, yes. And at the end, that's how they like not defeat it, but like either get it to stand down or to go, I betters because he's like been teaching it tricks and stuff or mm-hmm. whatever. And like you better uses that. Like I like I, the kindness and whatever to be like, you got to go. You can't stay here. Like maybe the beast also just doesn't understand the destruction it's doing. It's like a it's a wild animal. Yeah, and it's it's not trying to like hurt people. It's a better it's like you have to leave. You can't stay. Like you have to go into the woods or the forest or whatever. Like I like the idea of it's just running around the forest because that also means okay, well now we don't have Gwen and Wayne don't have to uproot and chase it again. It's just like it's in the woods out there in the mount whatever like just outside of town. Like y'all can just stay now. Yeah, it's like you got to leave it alone or it's gonna constantly. I like the idea of. The only reason why it's causing destruction is because it's panicking and people are hunting Ooh. it, right? 
I have an alternate idea okay. if you're interested. Yeah, go ahead. We we go with Nick Nicholas Cage's dad in National Treasure. Uh, John Dev Patel. John Voight. John Voight. But yeah, I, but I meant not the actor. I meant the character yeah. specifically. Dev Patel hasn't been hunting it. He doesn't believe in all that shit. He's not doing this. That's why it's in town. It's looking for people. It wants attention. Got it. So as long as they hunt it in the woods outside of town, it'll stay there because it just wants to play. Yeah. That's what it's looking for is attention. And because he just like rejected the whole family notion of hunting the questing beast or whatever, it wandered into civilization. I like that. What if um, we have a scene like a exposition scene where mm-hmm. they so betters is talking. Yeah. Um, now it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, Patel talking. Sure. Where I think he was hunting the beast mm-hmm. for a while, um, him and his wife, but, um, there was an accident and maybe the wife mm-hmm. dies during one of the hunts. And that's kind of what was like, fuck this. I'm not doing this anymore. I see. She was killed by actual hunters. Yeah. Who were hunting like deer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just, they weren't wearing like high vis or whatever. Cause why would you? And, or like at this point, they didn't know, so she just got like killed, or she whatever bear trap something happened. But I, I, I think that's fine. He gave up the hunt. Yeah, he gave up the hunt, and maybe they weren't trying to like kill the thing. Maybe they were trying to capture it so it doesn't do any more harm or something like that. And then they run into other hunters, and in the crossfire or something, or like something yeah. like maybe maybe the thing actually can't be shot, and it has like a um. Sort of like a hardened, like a a hardened Mm. skin that shows up that like deflects bullets and like the hunter, one of the hunters shoots at it, the bullet deflects and it hits the mom, you know? um, I kind of like the idea of she gets between them and it. Got it. Like she tries to save it. And so she's like talking and like something happens, whatever, and a gun goes off and she's killed. I do like the the it can't be shot because that fits with the defense mechanism yeah. thing. I like that. I just I think the story fits better if she basically died to save it, and the dad's like, I don't want anything to do with this fucking monster mm-hmm. beast anymore. Okay. Like I'm not losing anybody else in this fucking fi- like. He doesn't kind of know that they're doing it to make sure it stays outside of civilization. He thinks it's just what their family does, and so he's like, I'm not fucking taking part in this anymore. My kids aren't either. I'm not losing any more family members to this and then it's like oh no like that's the reason we do it is so it doesn't come into town yeah well in in that case let's make it the mom's family that is uh is quested or like okay. like to that's, yeah. um and like he's the one who kind of got pulled into the life um and then so i think it's easier for him to leave right um yeah he has no allegiance he's like i'm not letting my kids do this yeah yeah like and maybe they thought this was ridiculous to begin with like i'm i'm out well, you know he actually moved the family away from where the questing beast is and it followed yeah. them um like their their like destinies are like tied together or like it's yeah that's like it's like the the family the pelinor family always hunts it and we don't have to call them pelinor we can come up with like a different like a similar last name whatever but it's like they're linked and so when he uprooted the family the last of the pelinor or whatever and moved them across the country to london it followed yeah them. that's perfect i love this other than like maybe like a final scene like i think we need to work and i think we're pretty much done yeah how do they stop it i mean betters convinces it i think they all realize like as a team they put it together and maybe that's when betters realizes like oh i get why like just keeping you to myself alex is bad Mm -hmm. because like together just you and me never would have figured this out by hiding hiding the dog Mm -hmm. he went against the code Right, like of being mm. like um, honest and like you know honoring those you love, honoring those you love, yeah. And I think, but so did Alex to some extent. I think that's the like, kind of mm-hmm. maybe that's the point of this movie, yeah. Like the sort of general thesis statement, because then we have the the Wayne and Gwen stuff. We have Lance and whatever various flirtations that kind sure. of like honor those you love is a good kind of thesis to retroactively build this movie. Around. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, when he goes to bed, you know how he sta- they stab the they stab the witch or whatever, and then they leave, and then he goes to bed, and then it reveals mm. that they actually failed because he didn't honor his mom or whatever. I thought the movie was about to end, and then like there's like a lot of people share that sentiment. Uh, there's like forty more minutes in that movie after yeah. that. Uh, I mean, the best forty minutes of the movie, if we're being honest. True, but. true. Yeah, like it's it's the best forty minutes of the movie that I wanted the entire movie to be. Right. Let's talk about like the reveal scene um i i really like the idea of betters 
at one point. I think there's like a face-off between Betters and Arthur uh, or Alex, mm-hmm. right? So what do we think that fight scene is like? Like, what do we think Betters has learned how to do um, to protect? Like, hmm. I think he can already um, duplicate metal. Kamehameha. Kamehameha, yeah. Uh, Final Flash, Big Bang Attack, you know, all those Vegeta moves. Famously, the ones that I definitely know. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only Vegeta is Napa the Vegeta. Yeah. The Goku alert shows up to help. God damn it. So, I don't know. I think, but like, I, I joke, but like, maybe like energy, like he just like pushes him back. Yeah. I don't think, I think it's, again, defensive. Like, he's not trying to hurt Alex. He's protecting. Yeah. What does he call the beast? What is he, he gives it a name. What's he call it? Um, it can be just like a dog name. It doesn't have to be a reference. The dog's name is Exposition. Okay. So it does have to be a reference. Uh, <laughs> um, Snowy, because it's white. Sure. Snowy, yeah. So he's trying to protect Snowy. Um, and Arthur's there like with his sword. Or Arthur, we keep doing that. Alex is there with a sword. Like he has come with one intention, which is to stop it. Yeah. And so this isn't like, and also with all of the tension that's been building up, this is kind of the moment of like, no, like we have to kill it for everyone. Not everything has to be for everyone, Alex. Sometimes it could just be for me. Yeah. And that's where like we get to, everybody is realizing where they have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, like, it turns into the actual beast. This is where Betters also now finds out mm-hmm. Snowy is the questing beast. Like, that is... Yeah. I just imagine, like, I like the idea everything that... All the spells that he's casting are to protect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think, like, maybe he, like, even, like, raises, like, a huge wall of dirt and, like, earth. Uh-huh. Like, he's, like, doing, like, earthbender shit, you know, like, of, like, protecting it. In his house? I think maybe they're in a field. I think they're. I, or we do bed stuff. Like it can be. I think it can be like bedroom stuff. Sure. Like the like. There's like a rug on the floor, and we just see it like rise up. Like there's a wall under it now. Like a very small whatever. Yeah. Like we don't have to. And it like goes back down, and the room is undisturbed. Like sure. we don't have to. It's magic. Sure. So like, but that way we keep the the urban mm-hmm. that we were talking about. Like we keep that urban feel. Yeah. Or suburban, I guess in this case. But yeah. Do we think Merlin and Betters have like a magic off, or do we think not? No, I mean, I don't think it's even a contest. Yeah, I think Merlin would kill him, right? Or like, or he wouldn't kill him, but yeah. like he would, he would defeat him pretty easily. I like the idea that Betters does turn to Merlin, like to step up to Merlin, and Merlin just kind of gives him this look and gesture of like, "I'm Merlin," and he's like, "Right," and like turns yeah, to yeah. whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because I like, I like that, that we also show Betters is now brave. Like he's going to stand up to everyone mm-hmm. to protect this creature. Yeah, because that's part of the code. Yeah. And so, like, or he thinks that it is, like, protecting this defenseless creature against all these people who showed up to fucking murder it. Yeah. And I think, like, when, um, I think the entire time it's being protected is, it is Mm -hmm. in the small dog form. And it's like, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? Like, you're going to kill this, like, small dog? Like, what the fuck are you? It's only when it's clear Betters is not going to win. Yeah. Yeah. That it turns into the beast and flees. I think Lance or, um, Gwen or someone, uh gets a shot off on betters to like it like knocks him down or something mm-hmm. um and then that's when the uh that's when the quest beast like turns into its real form or whatever and like sure it picks up betters and runs yeah like it protects betters as well yeah because it has it has added as like i like the idea of it's evolved so much over time to add new things to itself to protect itself mm-hmm. and one of the things that it added to itself was betters you know right? you know it's part of its yeah. defense mechanism because it can do like because betters can do magic and like that's a great part of like defending itself right um it's only just mm-hmm. evolving more and more how do we think i guess like betters realizes it so do we think it isn't they don't kill the they don't kill the beast right they let no. it go like. i think i think the idea is they realize uh and maybe betters realizes while they're it's uh, like he's with it in the woods or whatever puts together the pieces or when they show up betters is like look we just like help me figure this out and k maybe is the one who puts it all together since she's the mm-hmm. knowledge base yeah she connects all the dots that everybody else is putting out there and basically and maybe they get Dev Patel. Maybe he shows up as well and kind of like mm-hmm. fills in some of the details. They go to their house and meet the dad. And he's like, I'm not, this is, it's not nothing. None of this is real or whatever. Like he keeps trying to be like, she was out in the woods chasing something that didn't exist and got shot. Yeah. And then Arthur is like, uh, at that point, like they come in and without saying anything, like they're talking at some point, Gwen gets up and goes in the kitchen. And then he's like, it's not real. She comes out with a big pot, pasta pot full of water and puts it on the table. And then Arthur reaches in and just pulls out Excalibur. Scalding his hand. 
<laughs> well, no, she didn't cook. She didn't boil the pasta water. <laughs> He's like, she's like, gotcha. I'm King Arthur now. I do like the idea of like maybe I like the idea of like grabbing the pasta part of water and then like mm-hmm. Excalibur being covered in spaghetti. <laughs> anyway, but then he like comes with them, and then we have this out. Like, there's a final scene in the woods where it's re- like this is basically revealed what's going on, mm-hmm. and so basically, as long as Wayne and or Gwen and or the dad are willing to go out every so often and fake hunt it. Like basically like walking the dog or playing with a dog Mm -hmm. to like try to find it. It'll stay in the woods. It won't come looking for attention. It's basically, they got to play hide and seek with this thing forever until it. I mean, that's just what their family does. Yeah. Um, I like that. I, I, so do we think like once that's revealed or whatever, do we think Gwen and the, do you think Gwen and uh, Gwen and Alex. Gwen and Wayne move back? Wayne. Do they think you think they move back to the countryside too? No, I think that they stay here. Like the idea is, the beast now lives in the woods outside or whatever outside of town, mm-hmm. this town. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna stay. I think that that's the idea because if she's she's Guinevere, yeah, kind of need her to stick around. Sure. So I think that's the idea is like, oh hey, you don't have to move because the idea is like as soon as we find it, we're just gonna be moving again. Yeah, like we we. Um, or whatever, I don't know. But um, I like the idea that they're here to stay now. And they're part of the team forever. Yeah. When it, I like the idea of what if betters. It is fully like part of this thing's defense mechanism now. Um, and like what if he kind of takes so he goes with them and is on the side of the beast yeah basically i think i think like oh no it's a whole the whole gang the whole gang's in on the now like they all go out camping like once a month and it's also i mean good training yeah like it's like it's kind of like a they go out and play hide and seek like once a month uh to like yeah i to do it and then betters it's like a scrimmage, basically. It's like a it's like yeah. A, I mean, yeah. It's it's a medieval scrimmage, yeah. and so and betters. Do you think betters lives out there with the thing, or do you think it's no. just like he I visits? Mean, I think if part of the the lesson that we're doing is like honor those you love, but also like people learning some independence and not to rely on everyone. I think it would be ludicrous then to end the movie with betters now lives with this questing beast in the woods, just scavenging on whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He learns how to eat metal so that he can just. Um, yeah. I like that scene. I think at the end, they're like, Betters, you all right? You want to like, we're going to go watch a movie. It's like, no, I just like to be alone for a little while. Whatever. And then I think as like he walks away, everybody kind of parts all like Ocean's Eleven where they just start going off in different directions. And Gwen and Alex are walking. And then we just see them like just reach out and start holding hands as they walk. Mm. And that's the end of the movie. We don't have to get too explicit. And then Explicit as in telling people that they are now dating, not explicit as in (laughs) graphic. And then Betters' eyes turn red. And then yeah. in credits, Alex, they get back to Alex's house and his dad's there. He's like, I'd like you to meet your half brother, Mordred. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm just kidding about that. So what do we call it? You don't want to do Better's Lament. It's not really a Better's Lament. Uh, no, I mean, it, it was a good jumping off point and I like it. I just I don't think it works as the title. It's like the kid who would be king and then Better's Lament. <laughs> um. What about... I think we try to keep with the something that would be something. Just like for branding. Yeah. The the beast that would be quest. Yeah. What about... I mean, we could also do kid who would be king colon. True. The questing beast. Um, The quest of the beast. Um, The beast of the quest. Protector of London. Um, London has not fallen. London has not fallen. I'm going to be honest. I kind of like the kid who would be King Cole in the questing beast. I know that's a bit of a mouthful. I like that. But I mean, we, we can keep thinking. I'm just, that's kind of where my, I just, I think that it sounds regal and prom like enough. Like for a movie called the kid who would be King. I think we need something like kind of grandiose. What about chivalry's, te- uh, uh, sh- chivalry's mm-hmm. test, the test of chivalry. Cause I mean, if it would fit the theme, the kid who would honor those you love. Yeah, the kid who the kid the kid who would be king. Uh the kit the the test of chivalry. <laughs> All right. So the kid who would be king, the questing beast it is. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you actually no, don't like that title, we can come up with something that's, else. That's I perfectly just... good. Okay. Um Yeah. I think we I think that's good. I think we got it. Yeah. I think we did it too. All right. Well, if we did it then. Mm. Sorry, let me finish going through puberty, and then I'll take that again. 
If we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison and Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. And our Instagram is the underscore equalizers. As always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Like in sequel. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Step Strutton, off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, they spell that B-O-Y-E-S like in, oh yes. The full album is available on all streaming services now. All right, so next time, Madison, what are we getting up to? I don't know. Like, let's look at the list. Uh, we talked about Ex Machina, and I think that's been on the list for a while. Um, I'm editing Dragon Ball the Vegeta as we record this, and we did mention G-Force at one oh, point as well. And that We don't have to. I'm just throwing out ideas. I know that sound. You don't want to do G-Force, but you also want to do G-Force. Yeah, basically. I'm down with G-Force. Let's see. I did just watch Vivarium, uh, the Jesse Eisenberg Imogene Poots movie where they go look at like a subdivision and then they can't ever leave. Okay. Uh, super fucking creepy. I don't know what we would do for a sequel, uh, but we haven't done horror in a while. We are coming up on October. Oh, I do have a note here. Chicken Run has a sequel slated for June of 2021. So if we're going to do that, we'll just want to get it in before then. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah somehow um let's see there's dune dune would be on like the uh i mean this would be the 1980s dune yeah. with patrick stewart and kyle mclaughlin and... yeah we could do that because it's kind of on brand i mean the i mean the dune trailer just came out so this is like right. weeks after but um we could do dune um osmosis jones is also one that we've been kind of circling for a while yeah we do the Green Hornet. Uh, that just got added on Netflix. What do you think about Pleasantville? I mean, I put it on the list, so I'm always for it. Yeah. Let's see. Do you want to do Pleasantville? Pleasantville sounds good. I think we could have fun with that. Well, then, next time, prequels, tune in for Pleasantville 2. Get it? Because it's about TVs. Oh. Have you never seen Pleasantville? I have seen it, yeah. I was gonna say, I, I, if you haven't, I can't wait for you to learn about the the movie where Don Knotts puts two kids in a TV to teach a sitcom about fucking. I forgot. I forgot it. I forgot about that. <laughs> so for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. David. Nobody is happy in a pool skirt and a sweater set. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. Then you pump your open palms and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it. You barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead. I will do the two steps. Come on, dance with me.